you are always concerned about what if, what if, what if, then the, the life won't really happen. You know, the magic moments won't really be there as much because the worry will consume you. So live without fear. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's it. Like life is, it's a gift really. And like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do with the gift? What are you going to do with every, every moment that you have to make it special? And if there's things that are calling you, calling you and, and you know, excite you, like just take the leap, do it. That's Tara and Jared. Several months ago, they decided to sell their home, get rid of many of their belongings, and take their children on an adventure of a lifetime. They purchased a van and have been touring the back roads of America to explore, experience, and teach their children about this amazing part of the world. Although it all hasn't been easy, they show us all how being a little uncomfortable can be a life lesson all on its own. So take a seat by the fire as we travel to California to speak to them about what van life is all about. All right, we'd like to welcome Tara and Jared from Classroom Less Traveled. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah, glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, thanks. Good. And where are you at right now? We're in uh, San Jose, California right now. So we're staying at um, our brother's house, who this was actually our old house. And then we moved out and uh, he was like ready to jump on. And Yeah, yeah just home for the it. holidays. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, the way we usually start is just kind of have our guests introduce themselves a little bit about you and your family and what it is you're, that you're doing. All right. So I'm Tara. And I'm Jared. And we have three kids. Uh, Tyler is nine and Sydney is six tomorrow. And uh, Jada is three. So yeah, we're road schooling right now on a little break and uh, yeah, excited to hit the road again, actually. <laughs> yeah, you get, get antsy already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too much family time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we we're excited to come home, and now we're excited to get back on the road. <laughs> Stationary for too long, huh? Yeah. Well, good. So, can you give us a little bit about your backstory? So, we we know you're road schooling now, and how long you've been road road schooling for? Uh, we've been on the road three and a half months. So Three and a half months. We, yeah, we started, um, well, to go back a little bit, we mm -hmm. knew we wanted to move out of this house. Like this is a, a wonderful house that we've raised our kids in, but we knew it wasn't our forever home. So um, we actually were planning on moving out in February and then COVID hit and took a change on things. So um we stayed and then we went on a couple couple camper van trips over the summer. We went to Grand Tetons and Yellowstone one trip and then we did uh, Olympic National Park. Yeah, and then it was the end of summer and my son said, I don't wanna go do distant learning. I want I want to homeschool. And uh, I was like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna do distance learning. I don't know if it's gonna work out. <laughs> I don't wanna ruin our relationship, you know? I, I, I love you. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And when distance learning started, it was the first day. And I knew I was like, all right, I'm going to start homeschooling you. Like, this is not working out. It took like an hour to do roll call and it was just ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, you're right. Let's do it. Let's, let's homeschool. And then we said, well, Jared, your work is remote. Yeah. I had always been tied to an office and then with COVID all of a sudden work became you know, remote for me and that opened up a lot of doors and 
yeah, it was those two camper van trips. We rented a camper van and then we just kind of were like, hey, I think we could like make this work. Let's do it. And that was uh, really it. We were like, what do we need to do to make this actually become a reality? And I, it, we just like, if we buy a van, then it's going to happen. So that was like our first step one was just like, find a van, buy a van. And then the rest of the wheels will start in motion. So that was kind of the uh, the way that things progressed early on and, and um, in 2020. And yeah, we've we've been loving it. And yeah definitely uh, not looking back so it's been good so you were working full-time at an office job yeah or were you a stay-at-home mom or working yeah I'm a stay-at-home mom I, I teach yoga on the side so I was actually just teaching a couple classes and then um the studio changed over ownership so I said oh, I'll just take me off the schedule anyway and <laughs> COVID anyway it's like it yeah. turned out to be an okay thing so yeah, our son was going to a parent participation school, like right in the neighborhood. It was really cool. What is that? Um, is there so, something different? Yeah, it's the parent. It's a public school, but um, it's lottery. And you mm. basically, the parents have to put in uh, four hours a week at the school. So every parent has a work day. And um, it makes it really cool because there's a lot of experiential learning. You know, they, they get to take field trips every month and um in third grade when he was last there uh the big thing is the pioneer walk so they do like a whole reenactment of the pioneer days where they like make costumes they make um you know just the whole reenactment from start to finish and then the the, the big project is you get to take what you've learned and actually go on this walk and you know kind of like the Oregon Trail that we played on the green computer uh, <laughs> or the, yeah. the IBMs <laughs> and then, but they got to actually do it well it actually um COVID hit and their walk got canceled so we said all right we're gonna do this anyway and we did our own little uh, uh pioneer walk and it was just a really cool experiential based learning. And that's what we loved. And we're like, you know, we can do this on the road. We could take this learning um, to be just as hands-on as your school was. So we didn't want to stop that for sure. Cause that, that makes elementary uh, learning so memorable, mm -hmm. our experiences. Like I don't remember anything from, <laughs> from elementary other than like the quote, right? So yeah. it's like, he'll, I feel like he'll always remember I think that was what what made it easier to kind of make a decision for us too, is he had been in this kind of non-traditional school, it was very hands-on, like fostering a love for learning. And, um, and it just doesn't translate well to uh, Zoom, you know? So no. uh, yeah, so it was really, it was really hard. Like we love that school and we really love the community. And then when it was just kind of like ripped out from under you, we were kind of like scrambling to find ways to, to keep that going. And um, I think like, yeah, road schooling was like the, you know, one of the easiest ways to do it, to keep them engaged. And I know early on in COVID, they, you know, kids would always, they were killing us with like, I'm bored, I'm bored. It was like every day they were bored, you know? And I think in the four and a half months or, um, that we've been on the road, like we haven't heard that word once, you know, cause they're constantly engaged. And that's what's been really, really cool about, uh, about road schooling. Yeah, they're actually like, can we just stay in, please? <laughs> can we just be bored? Which is, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get more into that. I think 2021, less, less doing, more being, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great though. So, wow. So you guys took a huge leap of faith between the, <laughs> the whole change in lifestyle and then the schooling too. 
So was your six-year-old in school yet or, because, or was she still pre-K so she was home? Pre-K. So she, I, she was at a parent participation preschool. Okay. It was kind of unfortunate that that's what her like start of the school experience was like. But then I think this is also like, hey, everyone else is going through this right now. So at least you're, this is, we're doing something really fun. You guys are obviously pretty open-minded um, individuals. If you had them in a school like that prior to, and then mm -hmm. you were receptive to starting road schooling and selling everything. And number one priority is finding a van. I don't, that that's, that's great. If you're, if your list of th things to do is buy van number one, <laughs> like, but can we, uh, can we um, go back a little bit? Cause we know that from following you guys that you were both in the Peace Corps together. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that experience and maybe, maybe it didn't, but uh, how it possibly, you know, uh, molded you as individuals to the point where you're at now or doing this was uh, more of an adventure than, you know, being scared about it? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So like you mentioned, uh, Tara and I, we're, we're actually high school sweethearts. So we, we went to high school did college long distance, got married right after college, and then basically right after getting married, went to the Peace Corps. So we served together in uh, Mozambique, which is in Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, we, we taught English in like a secondary school there. And yeah, I think 100% that, um, you know, was one of those great transformational life experiences that you're just not the same as you were, you know, after than, than when you went over there. And um, I think there's something about, leaving everything behind and really you know you leave with two bags packed for two years and you have to totally unlearn life in the way that you've known it your entire life and kind of learn a new way of of living and and you're learning a language and you're learning a culture and you're uh, totally out of your comfort zone doing things that you probably never thought you'd be doing and yeah you can't do that for two years of your life and then not you know at least come away with an attitude of like, all right, well, if I've done that, I can do living in a van's no problem. I've taken bucket baths for two years, right? So um, yeah, I think 100%, it, you know, it just made us also, I think, value the important things in life more. And we came back with just a kind of almost like a, you know, the consumerism and stuff in, in our culture was just it was easy to not get back into that, just like not trying to not accumulate things and just really live simply. And um, yeah, Peace Corps was, was great for that. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I, I think, um, and then the other thing is you, you're worried about leaving for two years and what's it, what, like, what are my friends gonna be doing or what is my family <laughs> gonna be doing? And you come back and you realize like not that much has changed and you kind of just slip right back into where you left. So I think all of those things led to making the decision a lot easier to like just hit the road and you know that yeah, you won't regret it. Yeah. yeah. And then having kids, you know, we definitely wanted to raise our kids with the sense of uh, travel and adventure, but like doing so in a way that's a little bit more humble too, and just uh, down to earth. And because, you know, we grew up taking kind of like nice, cushy family vacations. And then you do that and you're like, wow, like it doesn't, you, you, you just need to go out of your bubble and, um, it doesn't have to be cushy or anything and you learn more when it's uncomfortable you know so we, we definitely <laughs> we definitely want to instill that with our kids like you know the van life it's 
it's tough. It's like uncomfortable so many ways, but now my son's like, I want to get a van when I'm older and I want to, I want to travel. I'm like, make sure it's a choice. <laughs> yeah. There's two kinds of van lives. There's yeah i'm sure he, i'm sure eventually the day he tells his buddies his dream is to own a van they're probably gonna give him a hard time but they don't know they don't really know they're all gonna want trucks or sports cars he wants a van i want a van too i love it i think it's awesome um i actually we, we had the same experience that freshman college sweethearts so we met in first year of college but after i finished i went to i went overseas for and backpacked for like three months and it, the reason I did it was I had talked about doing it and I met somebody who traveled a lot and they said, do it no matter what, figure out a way to do it because if you don't do it now, you'll never do it. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I see what they, they meant two things. I would never take that exact trip ever again, but if you don't do it, then you'll probably never do it anytime in your life, any type of traveling, because you'll never be comfortable with it. It's really, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to be comfortable at that point in life and have the opportunities to do it. And then when you get older, like you said, it's not that big of a deal anymore. And I did it like in the rattiest way possible. I slept on like trains and floors and airports and it was, you know, it was like low budget for sure. <laughs> but coming home from that, it made me realize if I could do that, then, you know, I could really go and sleep anywhere yes. and travel anywhere. And it also opened up my mind to the fact that like you said, you see how other people live in the world and it, it's, it's such a learning experience. And that was a big trip for me. And that was, that was overseas, but I want to bring it back to kind of how we found you guys was she had pointed out one day that there was somebody posting pictures from where we used to live <laughs> Oh. So you guys were out near Taos, New Mexico. Yep. Yeah. And we didn't live in Taos. That was the closest <laughs> town to where we lived. But you don't often see a lot of people where you guys were. And where you were, you were at the, you were at the Gorge Bridge, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So did you, you were coming from Taos when you went to that bridge? Okay. So if you keep going past that bridge... <laughs> And keep going and going in the opposite direction. Like 45 minutes. 45 minutes. That's where we lived. Oh, wow. In the forest, in the national forest up there. Yeah. Awesome. And it made, it made us realize that, yes, going overseas is awesome. And taking these exotic trips can be really cool. And, I, and by exotic, I don't mean expensive, but I'm just in different places, like outside of the country. But it also made me realize that, traveling and adventures can be in your own backyard. And sometimes you forget how amazing your backyard is until somebody else is there telling you how amazing it is. And so when you guys are posting the pictures, it's, you know, we haven't been there for, I don't know how long has it been? Like more than 10 years. More than 10 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And seeing the, seeing the photos that you guys were taking, yeah. it brought me back and we were talking, we're like, man, where we lived was awesome. was amazing. It, it's like out of a National Geographic magazine, like Taos and that whole that whole uh, northern New Mexico area is mm -hmm. is beautiful. And it was really cool seeing you guys enjoy it because to us, that was just our drive home from work yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, you know, travel having the travel bug because you kind of get antsy, you know, and it's like, 
I, I really love the, the Bay Area. I think the biggest thing is a lot of people, you know, the yeah. best places to go visit, the mountains, the beaches, you know, all the national parks in the area. But it's just uh, too many people. And so, like, that's, it's a, it's a hard thing to, like, get over. And I feel like when you have the travel bug, you're always kind of like, oh, I can't wait to go on the next adventure. When there's, so I am a homebody too, like, believe it or not, even though I love to travel, I love just, like, being in a home, even though this is not the time and place yet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the mom mentality. So um, it's just... Uh, we're at a very interesting time in our lives where the, the crossroads is like, well, we're still, we're taking advantage. We're doing what we love right now because it, we will never get this time back, you know, when things start to go back to normal, hopefully within the next year or two. But, um, but then it is, yeah, like, oh, I just want to like continue seeing more. And um, I thought this was a really cool adventure because we had not done a lot of stateside travel you know anytime he had a vacation it was like let's yeah, let's do something big international we, we don't trip somewhere to do that. yeah but um i really love seeing just like how beautiful america landscape is and yeah taos actually was one of my favorite places yeah, yeah. nice you know i it was just so cool and unique and you don't hear a lot of people talking about New Mexico. Um, oh. so it's like, yeah. a, it's yeah. a hidden gem. <laughs> yeah. It was like uh, magical. We, we, those hot springs that are down in the, in the gorge. Yeah, yeah. We like went down there and there was like river otters swimming in the river next to us. And we were just like, Oh my God, it's magic here. <laughs> yeah, We had been on a mission to find big since like earlier in the summer. And we were hiking along the, uh, the gorge and we saw two big male, bucks out there and yeah they uh it was like my son was like crying tears of joy because yeah. he was like waiting to find find a big orange sheep so oh, yeah we, we definitely had a magical time in, in Taos it was beautiful out there were you able to see any of the um pronghorn antelope or elk or anything huh? yeah. yeah yeah and that's that's been really cool is just seeing all the wildlife too in the mm -hmm. state yeah the United States is absolutely amazing and I think people forget how beautiful it is here because we do the same it's like when you take vacation you're like wow the only way to really you're not you're not traveling unless you're going overseas right but the things to see you could you could spend a lifetime exploring america yeah. united, united states really i mean it's that it's that it's that amazing and anytime we tell people we lived in new mexico they assume we lived in the desert yeah mm -hmm. which it's a very small is a portion of the state that looks like that yeah. um but as you know it you, you might as well be up in the rocky mountains or colorado or something that's what it you know reminds most people of is when they picture colorado or something and yeah. it's like walking around a wildlife park mm -hmm. uh <laughs> she she would be coming home from work and be late and uh she would she would call me and say hey the elk herd's crossing i'm going to be late for late coming home because the elk herd was that They're big so massive yeah um but that's um, I, that, that was we we loved seeing you get your pictures out there and that somebody was like really enjoying we're what used to be our backyard that's cool and you guys loved the earthship community too Earthships, right, yes. oh, right. Yeah. The i keep telling jared i'm like is it weird that that's like my dream house is it <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's like now the thing is like, all right, now we're just traveling around looking for the right plot of land to build an earth ship. So. <laughs> yeah, so you want a van and a house made of tires and dirt. <laughs> I say that, I say that jokingly. I, I, those things are awesome. Like we, yes. we, did you go do a tour of them? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Those, those things are like engineering feats. They, yeah. they don't look like much from the outside, but when you go see how they're made, if anyone's listening and like looks them up, uh, it, it's really cool mm-hmm. how, how they're made and how sustainable they are. That's definitely why I'm, I'm into it. You know, sustainability, uh, a little footprint, you know, a few carbon, little carbon footprint. That would be a dream. You know, it, it, it is interesting though, how like, it's just, uh, Jared's brother was like, wait, you want, that's your dream house. Like, why not like get a nice house in the Bay or wherever it's like, man, it's how it's really easy to get quick, uh, quickly into that keeping up with the Jones mentality, you know? So I definitely don't want to get there, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. That's a funny story. We brought this up before that Mm -hmm. you, that you mentioned that, but when we, when we left New Mexico and we're coming back to Florida, we, we actually had the conversation because we had been living, living where we lived since you were there and imagine 45 minutes outside of where you were, we were remote yeah. in the national forest and we had changed as people. Yeah. And we had the conversation that the, the one thing we had to promise each other was that we would not go back to the mindset of, the pe- of certain people in the area we're going back to. Yeah. <laughs> there was the one thing I couldn't allow to happen because we were so happy with the transformation from living where we lived yeah. that that was our biggest concern. And it happens so easily. It does, yeah. It really does. How, how have you guys, uh, what did you guys do to like keep it going? Yeah. I, f- I think mm-hmm. I told you that I feel like the, there was a period of time when we came back to Florida where, and partly it had to do with his schedule because he's in the military where he wasn't home a lot. So we didn't really have a good um, rhythm going. But once we got out of that schedule, and we started, I felt like it really, we really brought it back again when we started camping again mm. and bringing in that camping lifestyle to me, unless you have something else in mind, I felt like that's when we realized again, like, okay, this is what we were missing for a couple of years. Like we, we did lose that promise for a couple of years. We got stuck in the rat race and just going out and being in nature. Cause we had always continued to be outdoors. We continued to hike but I feel like camping because we would go weekend trips away from it all really like reminded us again, like, this is what we want. We don't want this, that life. We want this life and this focus on what's truly important. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we made our, I think we made our main focus on outdoors and nature. Yeah. And that was it. Cause because that's all we had in New Mexico was yes. every time that we besides working when we weren't working, we were outdoors. That's because there was nothing else to do. There were no restaurants or, bars or any anything to go nope. to unless we drove an hour to Taos and we're like man I don't want to drive two hours to go get a burger like you know <laughs> so that we just focused you know our whole life revolved around the outdoors and when we came I think when we remembered that back in Florida it's a little bit harder because it's super hot and muggy and lots of mosquitoes but there's a whole culture that's based around shopping going out to eat and what else can we purchase mm-hmm. We couldn't allow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool though. I feel like there is kind of like a, an awakening uh, where people are realized maybe it was COVID too, but um, you know, all the bikes and all the kayaks and outdoorsy things are sold out now and people yep. are coming back to nature and coming back to that sense of like self, you know, that all the other distractions aren't us who we are and what we thrive on. And 
Um, and it really is just being in nature and, it, you know, just seeing the kids when we're outdoors, how, how imaginative and easygoing and anytime we're feeling anxiety or frustration after homeschooling, it's like, get outside. And it just feels so good, you know? So I, that's why Earthship on land just sounds great because you're going to be like outside. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to be touching dirt, like earthing in your house. <laughs> what, what better way to be connected to the source? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Can you, since you're, we've started to speak on it, but can you give us a rundown of where you guys have been so far in these past three and a half months? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess even starting back to the beginning of, of uh, COVID when we were kind of sampling the camper van life, like we've mostly been the whole Western US. So we did a trip early on when we rented their first van and we uh, drove up through Oregon to Idaho into um, the Tetons and, and Yellowstone National Park with the kids. And that was like what I think got us all hooked on on the van life. Uh, it was a pretty epic first first trip and for the kids, you know, Yellowstone's pretty tough to beat. Um, so we did that trip and then we did another camper van trip uh, up the coast of Oregon into uh, Washington and we did Olympic National Park, which was also super epic and did the San Juan Islands. And then we bought the van and, and got on the road full time. And our trip kind of took us through the Southwest. We did uh, Utah, um, we kind of cut across the Salt Lake and then down Moab and did arches and Canyonlands and then cut into Colorado where Montrose, Ure, we did like, um, yeah, the south of Colorado, Manitou Springs. And then, uh, yes, we yes. used to drive up to Manitou <laughs> from New Mexico. It's cool, right? Yeah. The whole trip was basically, we're like trying to stay in towns that were like 5,000 to 10,000 people or less and like keep it small town, keep it outdoorsy. So, and chasing good weather too. Yeah, we were trying to stay away from the colds. We're the end of summer, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and then down into uh, New Mexico. Um, would have loved to spend more time in New Mexico, but it was, you know, New Mexico has been pretty hard on uh, COVID restrictions and we wanted to be respectful of, you know, what um, what the, the governor had in place there. So we did really just kind of quick. We did Carlsbad caverns down in uh, in the very south and then Taos and then Arizona and then back home. So yeah, the little Southwest US tour, a lot of red rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. The photos are beautiful on your Instagram account. Yeah. I read, Jared, that you are like quite the travel planner. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like according to Tara. He <laughs> is type A, just like he has Excel spreadsheets. I don't want to I don't want to get him in trouble for work, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. work hours where he's just I'm a, like I'm I, a planner. Yeah, he he before we left, he had Googled the top uh 10 towns in each state top uh hippie towns or yeah, <laughs> like <we are. laughs> something like cool towns in each state and yeah. um that's how we narrowed it down to which places we went yeah. and then you have your activities planned right exactly, yeah all yeah. the way to the day <laughs> it's, it's hard you know like i i i suffer from like fomo so i'm like if i'm gonna be doing this like i want to make sure like there's nothing epic that i miss out on yeah it's hard you know it's it but then i also wanted to try and leave room to be fluid and like if someone if you meet someone and they're like hey you gotta go here like check it out i wanted to be able to have the, the flexibility to do that too and it's, it's, i struggle with uh with the two you know like 
making sure I have a plan, but then like trying to, to, to have it open to be, to be able to be changed. Because uh, we've gone on trips before where, yeah, like we ended up doing something that was totally not on my <laughs> my agenda. And then it ended up being like super epic. And we're like, well, I'm glad we did that. So yeah. And so we actually had uh, booked most of our, because we actually stay at Airbnbs during the week. So Sunday through um, Friday, we stay at the Airbnb and then we check out Friday night or Friday morning and um, camp for the the weekends in our van. Yeah. So it's a nice mixture of, you know, having time to, having space to homeschool, he can do his work and um, getting laundry done and getting showers. <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's none of that going on. <laughs> well, we, we interviewed a road schooling family and she said that she goes, we will go like a week without showers. Because <laughs> they do like primitive camping, you know, or boondocking, I'm sorry. So. <laughs> Conserve that water. (laughs) (laughs) So how is that going with, because I thought that was such an interesting combination. Um, Are you guys enjoying that? Are there some drawbacks with the Airbnbs during the week and then the camping on the weekends? Or is it like, it seems like a really nice balance. So it's, um, yeah, the, we did it mainly for a week in each site and Sedona, in Sedona, um, we stayed there for three weeks. So that was really nice getting to like hunker down for an extended period of time and we love Sedona as well but um actually honestly it was in the beginning really hard and frustrating to like figure out how to I mean basically we're moving everything out of our van to the house we have we call it the shuffle it's like it's like that you know it's like there's always the shuffle going on but you know it's like you get to a place Sunday night and you get to shuffle all the stuff into the house and then like we leave Friday morning. So Thursday night is usually like, you know, open a bottle of wine and start to shuffle. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> even when you're in the car camping, it's like shuffling stuff around so you can sleep. So um, that's probably the the hardest part, but you know, it's also not, not really that hard, you know. And it's kind of fun just being like, this is literally all we have. This is, all, this is the sum of our belongings, the stuff that we shuffle back yeah. and forth. From places. We got really good at the shuffle at the end. Yeah. In the beginning, it was like, oh, it's taking too long and, oh, you know, too much stuff. And I know we, oh, our source of contention on this trip was the bikes. We brought our bikes because <laughs> so, I was, I, I saw Anita show me that video of, of the bikes jingling around in the back and yeah. what you wrote was like your biggest uh, anxiety anxiety was with your and I, we know the same thing because we would we would used to do the same thing we'd carry those bikes on this little rack on the back of our truck and she would be doing the turnaround <laughs> the entire trip watching them bounce up and down <laughs> it's the worst it's the worst feeling and we actually lost my bike because um my bike was a diagonal bar and so we had an attachment that goes across but at some point in the bumpiness, my seat popped off. <laughs> we were just dragging your bike. And so it was dragging oh. and we just, we actually left it in Taos. There was like a, <laughs> there was a, a leave what you can or take what you need, leave what you can stand. And it's a good bike. And just needed a seat. Are you sure it didn't say leave only your footprints? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you left the bike on the side of the road? <laughs> Uh, yeah it's an artistic community someone will make good use of it that's right (laughs) they will they'll make a artistic piece out of it in Taos yeah Yeah, we yeah we left with four bikes and we came back with like two and a half (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> Let's just leave them here. Let's just leave them. The people at the Airbnb are gonna love these bikes. And <laughs> Jared's like, "No, we've gotten this far. I am no, not the bike leaving. left behind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before I want to, I want to ask about your van, Moonai, Moonai, and and the sleeping arrangements. But before. I don't, I don't want to forget to ask, you know, when a lot of people think about doing this, and even if they don't think about road schooling, they think about uh, like simplifying and, yep. and changing their lives in that way. What is, I mean, you, you sold your house, you have uh, your material possessions fit inside a minivan. Like how, how did that, uh, how does that feel that you act when you actually took that step? Was it nerve wracking at first? And does it feel, does it feel pretty good now? Yeah, it feels really good. We actually, <laughs> uh, we actually got rid of a lot of stuff. We purged before we left and then we left a lot of stuff here and we're like, we'll get back to it when we come back for the holidays. And we actually got the kids toys down to two bins. Cause we had been here 10 years, three kids. We had a lot of stuff. We're like, Oh, we should keep this for the, for the kids or for the next kid. And it just um, ended up accumulating, accumulating. So we finally are at the stage where we like got most rid of mostly everything. Um, so that felt like an accomplishment, you know, yeah. like, wow, our kids literally just play with rocks as their baby. Two bins even seems like a lot, but um it's been cool even I think because um, we we've we've been prepping to leave for like years and it's like there's been you know it was like a bar in Boca del Toro Panama we almost bought and moved and then it didn't happen and then a, we placed in Hawaii we almost bought and it didn't happen so there's been all these moments where we like started the process and then it just didn't work out so but it I've noticed a, a difference this time with our kids I think having been in the van for four and a half months where you do the kind of like is this a keep or or, or get rid of pile you know <laughs> in the past they want to keep everything and it's like you know like oh you're gonna get and like this time you could tell like they were just like I'm cool getting rid of like everything and they I, it was interesting just seeing the the shift in their mindset of like oh like I don't need that stuff and like that stuff's just been sitting in this box and I haven't noticed it or needed it and I don't need it and I don't want it and um, I think that's kind of cool seeing it take place in their in their minds too. It was harder for me though because I was going through my son's clothes his baseball uniforms his shambaugh written in the back and I'm like do you want to keep this he's like no. I'm like are you sure <laughs> yeah, should I make a quilt out of this <laughs> So definitely harder for me uh the sentimental the sentiment yeah especially because yeah our youngest is is three and we're not gonna have any more so you kind of feel like you're uh you know there's like little baby the, you cling to the the like those memories of them being babies because it's gone so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna <laughs> cry <laughs> he's the softy out of the two of us yeah. <laughs> he's always like this okay. might be his last because we have the same ages as you guys. So <laughs> there's something in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my just had a baby, and uh, I'm like, Jared, wait, should we have another one? Uh, Are you? Uh, but no, I know I'm complete. This is done. <laughs> no, I know we get it. But we yeah. have said we're done, but it does creep in because you miss those moments. You do. Yeah. 
But that's so cool that you saw that change in your kids. I absolutely love that and how they're noticing themselves like we really don't need this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like for Christmas, it was like definitely like the least amount of gifts, even across like the family, you know, and just like it's kind of in the past, you're just like always like there's an absurd number of things, like just things that are being given and not, not necessary. And this year it felt like, you know, like the kids got really practical gifts. It was like camelback you know <laughs> like yeah. yes. and like you know this like yeah our kids needed like new clothes we're like sweet all right like we can throw the ones that have holes in the, the knees and the butt and you know. <laughs> so i don't know it, it is it is cool to just uh yeah to like you know that we don't have room to accumulate things and i think that's the thing it's like we always wanted a small house because like the smaller house no matter how big your house is, you're going to fill it up with stuff, you know, like that's, uh, it's just nice to like, you limit what you can fill up. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you realize mm-hmm. needs and wants are two very different things, you know, and before, and a lot of times you don't realize it until you're in a situation like that, where you realize what a need actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting there. We, we shared this in one of our previous episodes, but we do live in the biggest house we have owned and it's funny because a year into it, as our mindsets have continued to change, I feel like, and what we want out of life. And it was our excuse to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And like his, we did a tour for his mom and she's like, um, are you sure you want your room that empty? And I'm like, but we're like, it's so freeing to like not have as much furniture and just like simplify, you know? <laughs> yeah, Honda's right, you know, like she just goes, like, you feel, you feel like, oh, I can like go about my day and, because I don't have any clutter. Uh. I think about being in during, you know, distance learning and COVID with, was just like looking around at the walls, like, oh my gosh, got to change everything. Got to get rid of stuff. It's like the constant state of like too much stuff, per, mm-hmm. like got to get rid of it. Um, so being on the van, in the road on the road was really nice, just not worrying about that. But then coming back was like, oh man, <laughs> we're worried about it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about getting back on the road too, because I'm I, I think we might like we overpacked like the first time, you know. So like yeah, like now where I'm like, all right, I think we can get leaner here. Let's move, you know, like really try and pare it down and uh, and uh, get it, like as little stuff in there as possible. So. All right. Since since we're talking about the van, mm-hmm. yeah, give us a rundown of uh, Moon Eye, right? Yeah, Moon Eye. And Moon first Eye. of all, tell us the meaning behind her name. Right, yeah. So um, there's this book that that both of us read that had a pretty profound impact on us. It's called um, The Time of the Black Jaguar by uh, Arkin Mushwala is the the author, and he's a he's a an indigenous you know teacher from Peru and um, so he talks a lot about in, indigenous the, the indigenous beliefs back uh, in in his uh, homeland and um, Munaya's uh, Quechua word for um, it's like the will of the heart is like what it translates to. So that was kind of uh, for us getting the van that that you know like step one get the van was like us making sure we were like following through on the will of our heart what we were being called to do. So that was kind of where the, the name came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and Munaya is a, uh, what, a 2012 road trek versatile. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a camper van. Um, you know, we have got three kids. So like the hard part with finding a van is you need, you need at least 
uh, five seat belts. Yep. A lot of bands only have two, the two seats and then the two in the front. Um, so it was, that was like the biggest challenge was like find one that has at least um, five seat belts. Um, and this one does, it's got seven. Uh, the nice. bit, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's got a shower and a toilet and a stove and a fridge and the wow. back bench folds down into a, uh, what is a it, double, a double, a double bed. <laughs> So, um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, it's the front seats, they swivel, you got the pilot seats and uh, generally when it was warm weather, I usually will sleep out in the tent. I like being out, outside, I get, I'd rather like sleep in the tent uh, and, and not be cramped in the van. Um, that, but on our trip, it definitely got cold. Uh, you know, there's nights where it was like 17 degrees, like, you know, I'm not sleeping out in the tent. Then uh, so we would all get in the, in the double bed. It's like a little, I always call it, it's like a fox den, you know, it was just like figure out how we're going to sleep. And uh, it's, it's crowded, but yeah, it's cozy. And like I said, I, like it, we couldn't do it full time in that van, but uh, because it's only a weekend, you know, it's like you make it work. Yeah, a full-size bed for five. Yeah. And so Jared, Jared and I actually sleep. I don't think we sleep the full-size way. So we sleep the, the, the other way. Yeah. You know, you're, we're sleeping basically horizontal in it. And there's <laughs> got something that we put in the aisle that kind of elongates, like, so we can put our feet on it. <laughs> so <laughs> so our feet like, dangling. The little girls, like, they fit all right that way. Tyler, the nine-year-old, he's kind of curled up in a ball. And then, yeah, we're we've got our like feet propped up in in the, the hallway and so. then our dog usually gets cold so we slept cold. on the floor a couple nights too uh -huh, yeah, yeah like so you know, <laughs> in the hallway was, took us a while to find <laughs> a sweet spot <laughs> i love it i'm I so proud it. of you guys <laughs> I, uh, life goals you know it's <laughs> awesome and these like couples with like these massive rvs and motorhomes like, like oh, must be nice in there just two of you <laughs> Are you like are you like peeking through their window watching them sit in front of their fireplace in their RV? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we actually only took one shower in the van. It was when we were camping at Zion for a week. We actually took the week off. So, we needed a shower and so Jared actually never did, but I was like I need to shower, so I took one with the girls in there. And then um we never cooked on we haven't cooked on our stove yet. We every we always take the Coleman, you know, camping stove out and like to cook outside um yeah yeah it's been great we we do like a mix on the weekends um you know like we we love uh boondocking and blm you know land that's always cool when you can just get a site out in the middle of nowhere and do that um we do harvest hosts harvest hosts um it's basically a, a membership uh, it's not very much it's like no, 70 bucks a 70 bucks year. for the year mm -hmm. and um it's a whole network of uh breweries and wineries and farms and museums and and essentially if you have a self-contained you know vehicle you can stay for free and all they ask is that you, you, know, you like patronize the um the uh business and give them some money so um for us it, it always kind of worked out as like a like a date night that we'd work in you know we go to a brewery or winery the kids would be in the van like uh, watching a movie and we'd like be able to have some wine and some or some drinks and hang out and have some adult time so uh harvest yeah. host has been has been a, a our, big our winner. savior yeah. for our marriage <laughs> maybe that's the key to get a date night we we don't get date nights either because we don't live near any family so i just maybe told her that on instagram oh. how we were doing those those uh trips solo until we moved away from family. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that so, is our new So thing. our next option is a van. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. Step one, get a van. <laughs> yes. Now, did you buy your van like that or did you guys have to convert convert it? Yeah, we, we wanted to just like get on the road as quick as possible. So our intention, we, there's not very many in the Bay Area. A lot of them are Texas or Florida. You have to go. So we just saw this one van, got, got it from a really nice lady. Um, and we saw it once and we're like, that's it. And our intention was actually to just keep it for the year or two and then sell it. So um, we didn't feel bad like spending the money on the van because we're like, oh, well, you know, if we take 5,000 cut, then it's not a big deal because we at least like had the, the experience. But mm-hmm. sure. I don't know, we might keep, might keep her. Yeah, it's just, no, <laughs> it's just no. nice to have day trips and have a toilet and a kitchen, you know, yes. with the family with the kids, they always want food and you can stay at the beach longer. You could. Uh, yeah, it, it's convenient nights. having all of your stuff with you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know the kids were at like a, a park and there were all these fountains and they were getting wet. I'm like, don't get wet, don't get wet. I'm like, ah, what the heck, get wet. We got your clothes in the car. It's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really is a convenience. We're, we're trying to work on our back of our truck to make it more convenient for our, our uh, weekend adventures <laughs> we do have our camper too so yeah we have a camper which which is like you said it's kind of the same where you, we've pulled off the side of the road and the kids can run in the back and go to the bathroom really quick and yeah. uh it's really nice having that stuff mm-hmm. but obviously you knew that there was going to be some inconveniences with doing what you're doing how did that like conversation as far as making the actual decision to do this like how did that play out was it um was it a big decision for you guys or was it kind of just like winging it and go for it. Yeah, we actually were planning on moving in February to New Zealand, and uh, <laughs> it was full of surprises. Side note. So we were like ready to go. You know, we were ready to do that, and Jared had been hoping to work remotely anyway. So it was more of like, wow, it worked out. Like you. A lot of people want to be in the office, but it worked out that you got to yeah. work remotely because then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we knew we we were like we need to do something. We're gonna do something. It was just like a matter of like what makes sense for what is going on right now. Like, you know, I th- yeah, we were we were really close to to moving to New Zealand, and I was you know working with the company to like get get a job over there and um yeah and then COVID hit and like immigration shut down and you know it's like who knows when that's going to open up again so quickly became like well what are we what are we going to do now like we didn't want to just stay in like stuck in like limbo and it was hard to like do something it was just it was like it made sense it was like oh this is something we can do now and you know like you said like the United States is amazing and beautiful and we don't spend a lot of time like so it was it was just getting to see all these places that we wouldn't probably normally have have gone and um see I don't think it was it was very hard it was just like it was an option that like presented itself and we had like we rented those camper vans and loved it and just said let's let's do it stars kind of aligned yeah Yeah. nice this is this is a question I always wonder when people are do are able to completely work remotely and like take off and you don't have to be specific but if you don't mind I, I know other people like to know as well like what kind of work are you in if you don't mind yeah uh so i'm in uh tech tech sales um 
cool. Bay Area. Um, yeah. So I, I manage a sales team, which is now interesting because, yeah, I used to have to be in the office to, you know, keep tabs on everyone. And now we're, we're all doing it remote. So, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, but it's nice because, yeah, I can do it pretty oh, yeah. forever, as long as there's Internet connection, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's always funny. Fridays, he has a, a manager meeting and um, he ha- we, we're on the road, so he has to take it from the van and no one knows. Like they're always like, where are you taking this from yeah, now? Where are where are <laughs> but we, you know, he just makes sure that he stops, has the internet connection, but it's always funny. Cause I'm like, I take the kids out to the park and Jared's done with his meeting. Then we can find our campsite. Yeah. <laughs> are you actually like sitting on the toilet inside the van? Like, hunkered down there with your, your zoom meeting yeah, exactly it's great you know you can throw a virtual background on you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to hide from the from the kids <laughs> that's great well that's so convenient i mean that's great for you guys yeah i mean i think that also i think we're very fortunate you know mm-hmm. like not only to just have still have a job throughout this yes. stuff that's happened this year but um to have one that's that flexible and um yeah, I mean, you know, it, it it would would have been a lot harder decision if, say, we had to like move out and I wasn't working and we had to like, you know, figure out a way to to do it uh, without spending any money or, you know, I think the Airbnb thing's a luxury really that we can do because I'm able to to work remotely and kind of keep keep making money that way. So sure. Yeah. So you guys have shared on your travels. Um, but an, like I said earlier, another big change in this lifestyle has been your children's education. Yeah. So can you tell us more on how that's going? I mean, that's a big change from you guys were had your kids in traditional school and then now you're homeschooling, but really road schooling. And then what does that look like? So yeah, in the beginning, I, uh, I was trying to follow all these different curriculums. You know, I got a lot of recommendations. And so I bought all this curriculum. I had an, I'm actually a credentialed teacher, but it's different when you are teaching your own kids. Yeah. And it's also different when you're like homeschooling, which was never really talked about in any of my credentialing classes. So it was kind of an eye-opening on like, wow, this is actually a really great thing for right now. Um, just getting to fill in some gaps that, I noticed with my son and getting to reinstill the passion for learning. So, um, so we, it was a lot of trial and error and we ditched most of the curriculum that we brought, (laughs) you know, Um, story. Yeah. (laughs) And it's still, it's still a learning process, you know, of what's working, what's what, what's not. And I hope to make the next semester a little bit more, um, enjoyable now that we kind of have a good groove of Mm. what to expect. Um, I did find that when we were road schooling, it just made uh, teaching the sciences and social studies more enjoyable, applicable, and um, relevant. You know, we don't do a lot of science. We probably do one science thing a week, but it's based on what the kids are learning with erosion or landforms or you know it just it's more interesting um just kind of uh introducing these topics to them and they they really enjoy it and you know I hope to my my daughter said I actually did a questionnaire with them like what would you like to do more of and my daughter's like I want to bake more cookies (laughs) you know 
exactly. exactly. So I'm hoping to just loosen up on like the expectations and know that like what they have been doing has been great and we're learning in such an authentic uh, organic way that we're going to bake more cookies and do like those projects that they want to do and my idea my strike because the the thing is I really want to just get through with um the the lessons so we could enjoy the rest of the day mm-hmm. So now I'm realizing that like, it's not a big deal. It's more, uh, it will stick if we're doing the things that they want to do. So, you know, that's, that's also for me, letting go of expectations of like what work needs to be done versus like, I just want this to be an excellent experience for them. You know, it's better than (laughs) most of the stuff that's going on right now. So, um, so yeah, uh, right now we're in a really good groove and um, it, it does get hard though. You know, it's a mom teaching her own kids is not, you know, different than yep. <laughs> like, uh, anyone else that comes in. So Jared does come and intervene a lot. Let's <laughs> 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 on time out. <laughs> Yeah, I pay, uh, I pay uh, 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 mediator a lot on the, on the computer. It's like kind of listening. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll step in there and just be like, <laughs> it's just math, everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so familiar. Because <laughs> he's home more now because they're doing like part office, part uh, virtual with his. And when he's home, he's witnessing the days and. <laughs> Like, what is happening up here? (laughs) I've lost all control. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I feel like any homeschooling mom can relate. It's like, for anyone that's home, everyone's home with their kids. Like, yeah, you can relate that, you know, monitoring them on distance or like trying to get them to do these things. It's like, it's it's tough. So um, we're just trying to make it enjoyable now. Yes. Yeah, I know. You're right. And the struggle is real because you do the way that you're explaining how you want it to be and how it's been is exactly how I have felt because mm-hmm. we're on our second year and I have already like in our second year, you're quickly learning, which is great. You learned a lot quicker than I did where it took me into the second year where I was just like, I want to let go even more. Like, and we do like the Charlotte Mason method, which is a, a lot of like lit rich literature based, which makes it more enjoyable. Cause we're doing a lot of reading aloud and, we try to, you know, connect it to real life experiences and go to the parks. And when the museums were open, we did tons of museums and tons of nature centers when they were open. But it, it's the same thing. Like, I, I want us to like have that certain amount of time in the morning, but not too much of like that. I say structured learning, but it's still like they don't see it as like this pain in the behind type learning. It's fun and engaging. And then like the, the rest of the day to be like free play and outdoors. And I'm, I totally agree. And it is, it's, it really is. We say it all the time. I think it comes down to the parents having to de-school if you weren't a parent that was homeschooled yourself. Like we're the ones having to work through it ourselves. (laughs) And I had been talking to people before I homeschooled, like you should just try to de-school or unschool him. Uh, unschool your child, just see where the passion lies, you know, and it's like, no, I can't do that. You know, I want to do some kind of structure. Uh, But it's like, yeah, it's looking at our own selves and what we need to unconditionally Mm -hmm. because we have been conditioned and um, 
you know, I see those, uh, what do you call them? Karmas or like coming off on my kids of things that I don't want to do. I don't want to be, but I see it happening. And, you know, I'm just, we're just trying to like break that cycle of like, we don't need to like learn about this certain thing because that's the way that the, the history books were written for this country, you know, just, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it's a lot more just taking a look outside the box and just trying to reinstill a passion for learning. That's why I love the other school because it was more experiences mm-hmm. and that's what makes learning fun. And, um, I just want my kids to enjoy learning and enjoy school. Um, though sometimes they're like, ah, this is too much work. I'm like, it's not really, we did one math page. <laughs> it sounds just like us. <laughs> I, I know, my, 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 I think our son said that this morning. So can I be done? I was like, dude, you did like one page of reading. I, I was like, do you know what real, like real school is like? They're going to drill you to read half a book and you won't remember any of it. I said, just enjoy, you're getting to read what you want, enjoy it. Yeah. And he gets through that. And the next thing you know, he's sitting down reading without us telling him to. Yeah. That's the cool part about yeah. it. Yeah. That, those are like the magic moments, you know, or like, you're like, oh, maybe it is sticking, you know, or yeah. we leave room to do something and you come back in and, you know, the, Tyler's got his book and he's reading to himself and the two yes. girls flipping through a book together. And you're just like, oh, okay, like this is, if anything, that's what you want. You know, like you yes. just want them to be interested. And yep. Uh, yep. Our daughter this morning was reading and she goes, Hey mama, that's an onomatopoeia. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is it? I don't even know. I don't even remember what that is. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I was like, I guess she's remembering something from your, from your schooling that's that's good so (laughs) and we're doing brave writer if you haven't heard of it look into it it's very laid back where i was like skeptical at first but it's working like they're remembering stuff because it's very fun like the way that um julie bogarts does her language arts program is very fun simple short and it's like it's sticking it's working so i recommend it brave learner the um Yes, but the brave, no, go ahead. And she uh, has a curriculum too. Yes, yes, that's her. Cool, nice. Mm -hmm. I I started that book and I really like it. So uh, that would be great. Thanks for the recommendation. Yes, yeah. I haven't read her book yet, but I have heard many great things about her book. Yeah, it's funny. Our our oldest son, like, you know, we'll be out hiking and he like, what we call it you know larping he's always like live action role playing right he's like in his own world and he's like shooting bows and arrows and we're always just like you know like oh tyler's like really into his little his game he's playing uh and then in school it's been cool because she she wanted to get him right you know creative writing and then he he like finally like opened up to us and like started telling us this world that he's created in his game and he's got this really you know detailed character storyline and you know and you know getting him to write it out and that's been just really cool when you stumble upon these things that are that they're like really passionate about and mm-hmm. you can kind of funnel learning towards towards those things and it's like you know it was almost like we're like oh my god he let us he let us into his like special yeah. world and it's cool seeing him put it on paper and you know trying to balance like still having it be fun and not be like work and you know <laughs> but uh yeah it's cool when you stumble into these like things that that they're like really passionate about and that you can really like tap into to to yes. drive um learning we we still worry about this how they'll turn out yeah, we do 
<laughs> and you, you, when you have those, I have, you have those moments where you catch him doing something, you're like, oh my gosh, that it actually worked. It actually worked. <laughs> you know, like you said, our, our kids have kind of had this, some of the same experiences where they used to, they wouldn't even write a sentence out. They hated it. Mm-hmm. You know? And then next thing you know, he, our son was writing out an entire comic book. He, he like created his own comic at like nine o'clock at night, nine o'clock but... at night, just going to town. I was like, it's, it's just the, the, the ability to give them the time and the freedom to do it on their own time yeah. is the biggest and the best part about homeschooling or road schooling mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you end up seeing it working. And it's just such a cool feeling as a parent. Mm-hmm. Why did you guys decide to homeschool? So, cause you said this is your second year. So yeah, we, um, our daughter was at a great private school. We were actually both working full time before. Uh, and it wasn't until I was in the second trimester of our third pregnancy that we decided life was just insane. And so I decided to resign and be a stay at home mom. And then I quickly realized after being the nanny that if I could, uh, the family nanny, sorry. I I started watching my sister's kids too. As soon as I resigned, they were like, hey, watch our kids too. Like five kids at home under the age of four. And um, he, Nathan had always been interested in homeschooling. We've shared this before, but he has, for whatever reason, if I wasn't married, I would, I would be living in a van all by myself, driving around. Like, that's just how I am. I'm like a vagabond, but she grills me in a little bit. I do. Yeah. I ground him a little. (laughs) So he had, he was the one that brought it to my attention. Like, would you ever homeschool, consider homeschooling our kids? And, um, when our, I wasn't pregnant yet with a third, I was like, absolutely not. Like I'm good with life life is yeah. good. You know, we've got this routine, yeah. but then when I started to see how things were like, how, how things were going in school and she had a great school, but I felt like there was, she was coming home. She was exhausted and she's like, you know, six, seven years old. She's at the dining table with her head on there. We're having to do homework to keep up with what's going on in the classroom. And, and I think that's when we looked at each other and I told them like, I'm, I'm ready to consider homeschooling. Like this just doesn't seem right for childhood at all. No, she, she would come home and be like pale because she was so <laughs> exhausted. And then she would take out the homework she had to do. Yeah. And that was like another hour of homework. And yeah. she, was, she wasn't soaking any of this in because she was so tired and done with school, but you had to do it for the next day. And then by the time we were done, she'd have like 30 to 40 minutes to play outside before it was time to shower and start eating and then get ready for bed. And I, I, I never, we looked at each other like, this is crazy. Like, this is nuts. Like even when, which was not that long ago when we were kids, I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember school being all consuming and it became all consuming. And she was sick and, and we realized she was six years old and she was, didn't have time to be a kid. Yeah. yeah. And that's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to go from that extreme of private school education, mm-hmm. like really like homeschool, letting them play, you know, letting them be a kid, which is awesome that you saw that and took a took a charge on that, you know. And yeah, we're so thankful because now it's I told them homeschooling was really like a defining moment in our lives where we have like not even turned back and our whole, it, it has changed. I feel like our entire lifestyle, like yeah. everything from homeschooling, everything is stemming off 
of us homeschooling our kids, like because of the freedom that we have, because of the things that we can go do. I feel like I've changed my mindset that, yeah, like you said, things don't have to be a certain way. You can think outside the box and it works. <laughs> like, yeah. And that, that's why we started doing this because we do our thing one way. But what we started realizing was there are so many different ways to do this. And, the, and not that all schools are bad and, and kids that come out, we went to private or excuse me, public school and you can come out just fine. But with our own kids, we realized it changed everything for our lives. And we, and we started meeting other people who were like, this is amazing. We started meeting people that were, you know, road schooling or reading about boat schoolers sailing around the world with their kids. And I'm like, can you honestly tell somebody, honestly, tell me, you think that kid is falling behind because he's not in traditional school. You can't tell me that. And the more we saw those stories, we wanted to document them. And that's why we do this because it, it's a, it's, this is like a lifestyle change. If for people, I really believe that for the better, for most, for a lot of people, not everybody should homeschool. I don't believe that either. It's okay. (laughs) You know, there's good schools out there too. We, and the more we do this, talking to people like you, it, I love it because you, you see that these things are possible and the way that you thought life had to be because you were raised that way, it doesn't have to be like that, Yeah, which we love to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I, I feel like um, it's just uh, almost like a movement, you know, like it's becoming more and more prevalent. And I think it used to be really overwhelming to even try and think about it. We talk a lot about like, when we were younger, like if there was that random kid that was like homeschooled, you were like, oh yeah, what's wrong with that guy? Like, <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah, you know. And like now, there's so much material and so many resources and cool communities like this where um, you know you can come together and get tips and talk through stuff and um, kind of normalizing it and and helping each other out. That it it, it makes it a lot a lot easier to do. Nowadays. Yes. Like, do you guys think that once you're done with the traveling that you'll continue to homeschool? Or are you not sure yet? Or when COVID's over, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I definitely want to do one more year because I still don't think the schools will go back to anywhere like what we wanted with the parent participation school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my son doesn't want, he says, I want to continue homeschooling forever, you know? So I think it is going to take, um, you know, I was very adamant. I'm not homeschooling. And then it took that shift of like taught him talking me into it. So I think there will have to be another shift change <laughs> mindset of like, we're doing this for good. And even just talking to my mom the other day, she was like, oh yeah, homeschooling's great for now, for now, <laughs> <laughs> not forever, you know? And it's just like, I, I know that in the future, if we want to do it, there will be able to be a time for community and like going out and uh, um, outsourcing lessons if we yes. need to. Yes. Um, so I think that's just another reminder that like, okay, well, if, if he wants to, like, I should honor that and um, make it work in a way that like he's getting fulfillment and socialization and getting to work with other kids still, you know, I love that there's so many different small pods that you can, you can um, have as a homeschool. Though my daughter, I feel like she wants to go to school. Mm. Um, you know, right now, obviously, is not the time, but I, it would be nice to maybe give her that opportunity to see mm-hmm. uh, if we could find like a really laid back school. I think it would be hard to mm-hmm. go right into traditional school <laughs> that expects a lot of work and homework. Um, 
but so I don't know. I, I have no idea. We'll have to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty in it. Um, so now that you guys are pros at this and, and all everybody else out there that there's a, there's a lot of people out there that dream of doing this. There really is like, I wish I could do this. If only I could do that. And they're scared to take that first step. Can you give some advice to somebody who's out there thinking, like possibly thinking about doing what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Like we, when we share stories, pictures, stuff, you know, you hear that all the time is like, man, I wish we could do it. Like, I wish we could do it, you know? And I like, I think the thing is, if, if you want to do it, you can, you, you can find a way to make it work and it doesn't have to look a certain way. And like, like we said, we, we do it pretty comfortably in Airbnbs and in the van half the time. And um, you just have to like, you know, you just have to like take, take, take the leap of faith. You got to do it. Um, I, we rented a van like that was like a cool way to dip your toe into it yeah. see if it's for you and like you know there's always like take a month and like do that and if it like you know if, if you love it then like do it longer um i think work is definitely the biggest thing like if you can have that flexibility in a job then it would be easier but i remember when i was doing my student teaching my uh teacher said every seven years, you have to do something really big. Like you have to do something life-changing for growth and to switch it up so you don't get stagnant. And so if it's been seven years since you've done something big, <laughs> <You're doing laughs> clean your closet. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, you don't look, you weren't going to look back on your life and be like, man, I wish I didn't travel around the country with my family for, you know, this opportunity that we could do it. You know, it's like, you're, you're going to look back at it and you're going to be like, that was an incredible chapter of our life. Like, I'm so glad we did it. You know, just like your trip, your trip to Europe. Right. And so, yeah, life's short. Nothing's promised. Like, to, to, you know, there is only now, like you can only do things now. Like um, you can't, you, you can't put them off and just think that they're going to happen later. Like make it happen. <laughs> Love yeah. it. So true. <laughs> That's what we always yeah. say. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you one last question, but I think you just you just nailed it. Thanks. We always ask uh, unless you got unless you have something else, I'll throw it out there. So we always ask our like our, our last question that we ask our guests is, if you knew tomorrow, you wouldn't be able to communicate. <laughs> what was yeah. what, what would be one last thing you would tell people today that you'd like to leave for the world? I would say don't live in a state of fear. Live in a state of like love and and safety you know? <laughs> but but uh yeah I I felt like you know if you are always concerned about what if what if what if then the the life won't really happen you know the magic moments won't really be there as much because the worry will consume you so live without fear yeah, I think, you know, that's it. Like, life is, it's a gift, really. And like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do with the gift? What are you going to do with every, every moment that you have to make it special? And if there's things that are calling you, calling you and, and you know, excite you, like, just take the leap, do it. Awesome. Yeah. It's beautifully said. Yes, it is. Yes, I like it. Yeah, it's, um, we always, we, we always look at life the same exact way. So we really appreciate mm -hmm. th that answer. And uh, we want to say thank you guys for taking the time to come on with us. We really enjoyed it. And yeah. 
Uh, we yeah we, we can't wait to see you guys hit the road again i'm sure you, i know you guys are ready but we'll be following along and where can people find you uh you can find us on instagram at the classroom less traveled one l myself in american english we say one l but in british english they do too so a <laughs> <laughs> good point then <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, safe travels and thank you again. We appreciate it. Well, thank yeah, you so much for you. having us. All right. Cool. Thank you. Bye. We want to thank Tara and Jared for taking time to hang out with us today. We want to thank all of you for coming back to join us around the fire as we speak with amazing people. Please remember to take a minute to rate and review us on your podcast app. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send us an email. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out.